Welcome to the East Main Media Podcast, a series of conversations featuring leaders in a variety of subjects, including business, politics, media, and the arts. For more information, visit eastmainmedia.com forward slash podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by JLC Accounting, bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, and advisory. For more information, visit jlc-accounting.com. That's jlc-accounting.com. Now here's your host, Brian Brodor. I'm joined today by Alex Aldea, actor, producer, and attorney. Former attorney, current attorney. <laughs> That's up for debate, right? It sure is. Yeah. Absolutely. But we all know you as an actor, a talented actor, who you've been very busy recently with a lot of both accolades and accomplishments on screen. Let's just start simple. Tell me a little bit what's going on. You've been very busy. Give me an update. So just got in on the red eye from L.A., 4.30. Lovely, lovely. And then uh, had a couple hours of sleep on the plane, a couple hours at home, and then went right into New York to do an audition for Mindhunter. I am pinned at this point for a six-episode arrangement on Mindhunter, a recurring guest star role. And I went into audition for a second recurring guest star role. I'm hoping this means that they love me and I'm trying to find a place for me on any level. That'd be great. So uh, I'd be honored to be on that show. It's up for consideration on Emmys in L.A. right now, and it's just doing gangbusters. So, yeah. Yeah, cool show. I don't think it's a stretch to assume that you probably landed on their radar. Of course, you probably have excellent representation. Thank you. But... Also, you probably landed on their radar from your recent work with the CNN special Pope, the most powerful man in history. Now, before we get to that, sure. I want to I want to rewind the tape. That was a lot uh, of fun. It, it was. And, and a lot of people recognized you and acknowledge your work there. Thank you. Because it was a good series and you did some particular um, customized grooming, shall we say, for that. <laughs> Um, but first of all, uh, I, what I really wanted to ask you, we, we've jumped in with two feet. So what I wanted to talk to you about was a little bit about your path to becoming an actor, mm. right? Which is why I sort of teased at the beginning about the attorney bit. Sure. So that's something that I'm very interested in is the path that people, how they get to what they do and how they get to the place they are. So would you tell me a little bit about how you sort of made a transition from doing one thing on planet Earth, and then following your bliss or following what you were really interested in. Give me, unwind that for me. Okay. That's my uh, hero's journey of a kind. Um, it's, it's your odyssey. Go. <laughs> so my, uh, I'll preface it by saying that my father recently asked me, he goes, yeah, it's all well and good with the acting, but are you keeping your attorney uh, licenses up to date there just in case? Yeah, I would say, sure, Dad, I absolutely am. But um, this was around the middle point of 2016, I was wrapping up my involvement with the uh, mergers and acquisitions firm that I was a member of. And prior to that, for about a year and a half, I'd been doing that. And before that, I was an attorney for about eight years. Still an attorney, just non-practicing at this point. I was... So uh, wait, you're an attorney and you play one on TV. Yes. Isn't that something? <laughs> so I'm sorry. Keep going. So, but basically, after transitioning out of that position... I was at a bit of a crossroads. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Again, for the first eight years, attorney stuff of various kinds, mostly centering on litigation. Then investment banking, and now question mark, question mark, question mark. 
at that point, a friend of mine said, hey, I'm doing a speculative TV pilot. Would you like to be in it? He had started in background and is also an actor and a writer and a director. And, of course, because it's North Jersey, he was doing a speculative TV pilot on The Mob. And so, hey, I thought, absolutely. I would absolutely kill to be on that, even though I hadn't really done much since basically college. I just focused on the corporate route for the most part. Now, did your friend have a reason to think, oh, I, he wanted to tap you for this? Was it that he knew you had some dramatic background or it was it a personality fit? Strangely enough, we're both Masons together. And being a Mason is, aside from being in a fraternity, has a certain amount of ritual to it. And this ritual is basically theater. And so for the five years beforehand, I had been doing these various rituals and loving them, loving doing it, loving being up in front of people, doing these various things. And he saw me doing it, often in the same rooms together. He liked what I had going on and said, hey, I think you'd be great for this part. Do you want to do it? I said, sure. And being on set that one day, and I'll remember this forever, being on set that one day was more fun, engaging, electrifying for me than 10 years worth of law and investment banking put together. And that's not to poo-poo investment banking and law at all for the wonderful professionals who are doing that and love it. It just, at the end of the day, I found it wasn't for me. And what was for me is what I found, which was acting. A little bit of producing, some writing. I haven't done too much directing yet, but that's something I definitely would love to dip my toes into at some point in the future. But on the acting front, just to keep it there, after that, I contacted my friend Eric Bross. And Eric was is one of my mentors in this process. He told me, hey, you may want to check out the William Esper studio. It's in New York City, top 25 acting school in the world. I went there. It was late December 2016. By the end of December, I was already enrolled, and I got in without an audition, which isn't typical, and became one of the students. I stayed there till about May, and then our paths kind of diverged. I left there to take a different tack at learning and work with the vaunted Bob Krakauer. In my opinion, if not the, one of the certainly top three TV acting coaches in the world. New York-based. New York-based, yeah. almost exclusively so. He has some folks out on the West Coast, but he likes New York a lot. He's out of here. Most of his protégés are out of here, and I've worked with a fair amount of them as well. So, yes, he's a New York boy, having grown up in Patterson himself. Oh, yeah. Uh, so he's a Jersey guy, much like myself, of course, and yourself. Well, listen, I'm a transplant. Okay. We're originally from New England. so We, I, we claim you now. That, You're I, ours. Yeah, that's fine. I have a foot <laughs> in both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> that's but that's your problem. So, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, there's a lot to get to sure. here. So um, you've had a lot of acting opportunities, mm -hmm. both television and some independent features. Yes. Now, I want to talk about your short film, All About Rita. Yes. Now, I was under the impression you directed that, but uh, I, tell no, me about I, All About I, Rita. A guy by the name of Guy Chachkis, who RA Films, which is in, in New York City, directed it. He's an uh. amazing director and a guy that I trusted implicitly to do this. It was written by Peter Stray, who is also affiliated with them. And they are just a fantastic outfit. They do ready-made scenes for people, either one minute or three minute. And the company's called Real Arc. And I tasked them, having known them previously from other involvement, I tasked them 
with this crazy project. I said, hey, guys, would you be willing to make a short film, in essence, a larger, longer scene for me for a particular project that I have going on? which had nothing to do with short films when I envisioned it. I mean, did you think like a demo project or like, what were you thinking? No, I was much weirder and stranger than all that. On October 20th, I read in Variety that Peter Lenkov, which had rebooted Hawaii Five-0 and MacGyver at that point, was planning to reboot Magnum P.I. And I said, Magnum P.I. was my favorite show growing up. Certainly when I came to America, it was the show, I mean, you know, living in Hawaii, driving a Ferrari for a kid from Romania, living in Lodi, New Jersey. That seemed like a dream come true on all levels. So I found out more about Peter, did my research on him. I commissioned this scene to get made. I bought an iPad that I bought specifically for this purpose, and I got it to Peter. And he, to his great credit, and I will always th- so thank hold on, him. slow down right. because you can't gloss over the iPad story. <laughs> okay, so so for our listeners, let me explain. So you shot and produced the scene, yes, right, yes, loaded it on the iPad along with my reel and <laughs> my resume and my headshots and. Yes. And shipped it. And shipped it. So explain this. To him. <laughs> oh, well, I just, I shipped it to him, and I hasten to say, looking back on this, it wasn't always the smartest move to do this and to sort of bother people in this way, I should say. And as a lawyer, I can see the downside, and they are considerable to doing things of this nature. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, but my passion is my passion, and I felt a strange yearning to be on the show. And to do this, I didn't know why, but I did know that whatever it was, it was going to lead to something and something really good. To his credit, Peter emailed me back and said, you really got my attention with this iPad. Now, how the heck did you, you know, here's find a, me and my address? Order. And no, yeah, exactly. No, no. To his credit, he didn't offer to restrain me in any legal sense. But uh, he, he basically said, look, we're moving in a very different direction with the Rick character, which was the character I was interested in playing. That would have been the old Larry Minetti character on the original show. And he said, we're moving in a very different direction with that character from the 80s one, which is kind of what you put on this thing. But I want to tell you that I love this thing, and I am showing it to folks at the network who I think are going to be duly impressed. So give me a couple of days before I send the iPad back to you. And he, true to his word, he sent the iPad back to me. We've been in intermittent communication since then, whenever I go to LA, I'll shoot him a quick email, say, hey, I'm coming down. Do you have any time to meet? Usually he is, in fact, his motto or his blurb under his name is frequent flyer. So <laughs> he is constantly having three shows on CBS that are all doing fantastically well. He is rarely around the LA area. So I have yet to actually shake his hand and thank him for being kind and honest and decent and looking at my stuff when he really didn't need to do that by any stretch. And... um His son, actually, his 14-year-old son runs a company called Wyatt's Garage, believe it or not, and I own one of their hats Hmm. with a Rolls-Royce logo on it. And he touts that for every hat that you buy from Wyatt's Garage, they will send a hat free of charge to a child with pediatric cancer. And so that's a wonderful thing across the board and something I would love to support. So if I could just do that quick plug. that Yeah, sure. And honestly, aside and apart from that, I took this 
scene that I had, this glorified scene in, in a sense, and I said, let me get some more mileage out of it. What can I do? It was about that time, and it just shows you what synchronicities mm-hmm. exist in the universe this sure. way because all these great dovetails come together. I met Larry Rosen, who runs about 12 different festivals in and around New York and New Jersey, his largest flagship festival being the Northeast Film Festival, but he has others, Grove, Jersey Pop-Up, other places. And I'm actually going to be working with him. We're going to do a festival together later on this year. Oh, wow. Called the Web and TV Film Festival, or WTF. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I've been working on the logo, and we actually did a great promo video where everyone's like, "What the?" F-? You're right. Um, and it was it's just it's just great because honestly, the film piece of that will be micro shorts, things under five minutes, which is what all about Rita is. And web and TV are outlets that if people do a TV pilot or they do a web series pilot, there's not a lot of festivals that take those. So I wanted to provide a niche where folks could exhibit that work because there's amazing things out there in those particular genres. And I wanted to make sure that those get their due. So that'll be coupled with Larry's Neff Horror Festival, which is December 7th, I want to say. And so we're renting out an additional theater and we're going to have this WTF festival. Uh, That sounds great. A lot of fun. Yeah. Um, So now you connected to Larry and you had all about reading in your pocket. I did. And and roll that out. I showed this to Larry and I said, Do you think this is worth anything as a micro short or anything else? He looked at it and he said, You should put this out there. You should put this out there 100%. So I did. And three Best Actor Awards later and a whole slew of nominations for Best Short or Micro Short or Best Micro Short Idea. I guess people like it. (laughs) You're on a roll. (laughs) So that's a great thing. I like doing that so much that right now I have about six shorts on the festival circuit that I produced. And if I recall correctly, you were recently at the Jersey City Festival with Larry and you were awarded something there. I was screened there. Hang on to your shorts. I was nominated for Best Micro short film idea. Right. Hang on to your shorts festival. That's CJ right. Collins festival. Okay. It's yeah. not Larry's. That's not Larry's. Got no, it. that's CJ Collins festival. And Chris is, or CJ as we call See, I can't one, keep track. You're there's so many things. So many so things. Many. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's, uh, he's wonderful as well. He and Larry together run the Brightside Tavern Film Festival series, yep. which is uh, monthly or bi-monthly. I'm not exactly sure because there's a Bright Grove screening series that's in there that's also, they run a lot of stuff. Um, and then Larry runs his things on his own uh, under the Neff banner for the most part, Northeast Film Festival. And C.J. Cullen runs stuff under the uh, Hang On Your Shorts Film Festival. And he has a board of people that help him run that. But uh, I was able to get, for instance, into Ken Del Vecchio's festival, the uh, Hoboken International Film Festival right. up in Greenwood Lake, New York. And that was a wonderful experience. They have a really fun uh, night of networking intro, and then they have an after party and award show, which is a lot of fun too. So. Well, that reminds me a little bit where you and I recently saw each other, which was the Garden State Film Festival. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and that's back at Asbury Park this past year, mm-hmm. and they're going right back at it again in 2019. Absolutely. We'll be right back to the conversation after this brief message from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by JLC Accounting, bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, and advisory. For more information, visit jlc-accounting.com. That's jlc-accounting.com. 
Speaking of recent projects, I want to transition to your work on the Pope Project, sure. which is fascinating. Tell me a little bit about how that came about, and I want to hear about the production, because it was detailed and it was very successful. And it ran and got a lot of eyeballs on CNN. Thank you. So walk me into that. Tell me what happened. Last year, I came upon a, <laughs> a very interesting announcement, uh, and I spoke over with my manager about it, and they said, looking for very strong actor to portray Martin Luther for an upcoming series on CNN by Nancy Glass Productions. And of course, my vanity got the best of me. I said, I'm a very strong actor. I should definitely go out for this part. So I did, and I put myself on tape, and I sent it to the production company, and they loved it. I really didn't think more of it initially. I just said, hey, let me take a shot here and see what happens. And they sent it down to Philadelphia. The entire production was filmed in and around the Philadelphia area. And they loved me and they said, we love you for Martin Luther. Possibly two episodes, definitely one on the original series. So the, the series is CNN original series program, Pope, the most powerful man in history. And playing Martin Luther chronologically comes kind of about halfway in the Pope journey and he sees about the 1500s or so. So that was episode four. Right. There wasn't any speaking because it's a documentary-style series. The only one speaking is Liam Neeson. So right. As narration, yeah, he's absolutely. narrating. He's narrating as everything moves. So that was an added challenge acting-wise because you, as an actor, you want to be able to speak, and we all want to have our things. But oftentimes reacting is the best part of acting and the most interesting piece to watch. So Plus they were producing somewhat with flashback style. Yes, of and, course. Yeah, so go ahead. And so I did three days of shooting on that. It was about a month-long production, three days of shooting, oh, non-consecutively. You're, you're skipping the best part. No, 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 I'm getting to the best <laughs> part. I'm getting to the best part. I know. Okay, go ahead. So go ahead, on go the ahead. first day of shooting, they they didn't do anything to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now our audience is wondering where this is going. <laughs> but we shot in Bryn Mawr College, which is gorgeous, at their cloisters. Uh, they have a cloisters there. And we, they turned that into the streets of Rome. So you're seeing the streets of medieval Rome through the eyes of Martin Luther. And they have ladies throwing out refuse buckets and people chopping fish and selling meat right next to somebody selling linens and, you know, the way that things were back then. And he goes, Martin Luther walks and walks and finally ends up at an indulgence salesman that is there and he's selling indulgences to relieve your sins. If you happen to be a Catholic at the time, you get to buy your way into heaven or out of hell. And not only for yourself, but for your relatives in purgatory, which is, it's a good gig if you can get it. Just so, keep writing the checks. Writing the checks, yep. and there you go. <laughs> and so that went very well. I was wearing my 40-pound robes, uh, these black velvet robes. Right, monk style. Very, very right, monk yeah. style. And then comes the second day of shooting in the following week at the Elkins Estate, also in and around the Philadelphia area, 40 acres of woodland, gorgeous, gorgeous, 25 buildings there. The main building looks like a palace. It was made with railroad money back in the day. Wow. The Elkins family had it. Then it became a, a convent for a while, and now it's kind of used for movies right now, at least in the moment. And they said, hey, um, you're going to play, obviously, Martin Luther again today. And we need some close-up shots of you praying by the fireplace, other things. Oh, by the way, we're going to need to cut your hair. I said, cool, that's fine. You know, how do you want to cut? And they go, well, like a monk. And I go, what, what does that mean? And then they showed me a picture of what that means. And they shaved the top of my head off. Uh, and... <laughs> 
And I, yeah, I had a sort of a horseshoe hair thing going right. on, which I showed you, if you remember, oh, when it, you laughed your butt off, and that yeah. was, that's good. I think on a <laughs> weekly basis, we just whip those photos out and have a chuckle. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, well, Brad. For, for I appreciate the, that. I for our, okay, well, hold, on, hold on. For our listeners, we have to describe this a little bit more in detail. <laughs> so this is, someone who may not understand what we're talking about is like a Friar Tuck yes. haircut, where exactly. it's like a skull cap area. That, that is been, bald. It's bald. That's down to skin level. Absolutely. But the rest of the hair in a ring is around the head. This is like a monk haircut. Yes. And absolutely. so, okay, so they spring this on you. Well, it, yes and no. <laughs> I did. This is a caveat emptor type arrangement. Let the buyer beware. I didn't read closely enough in the thing after it said very strong actor. I'm like, ah, yeah, that's me. Uh, instead of saying, hey, you're going to need to cut your hair for this role like a monk. So in the fine good point. on them, bad on me. <laughs> there I am. But here's the rub. Monkified. But you were happy to do it. <laughs> happy to do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you had to keep it, right? I, I did because it was non-consecutive shooting days. <laughs> right. And so for a good three weeks, I was sporting the monk do because I couldn't shave it down because they needed the side hair to fit around the hat. Right. So I, I, Meaning, in other words, you couldn't shave all the hair, you mean? No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I could grow out the top as much as I could, but um, ultimately... I needed to have the curtain of side hair yeah. that needed to stay the way that it was for the rest of the shootings when I do the trial where I come up in front of the Holy Roman Emperor and he, in essence, excommunicates me and puts me on a house arrest for not bowing to the papal indulgences. Yeah, so that was fun. So here, this begs the question, which, mm -hmm. you know, logic might say, why don't you shave your head mm -hmm. and then do a prosthetic or, you know, a hair piece? Like, right. that must have been brought up. It was by me um, <laughs> as a rear guard maneuver to save myself. Put down and, those clippers. Yes, and uh, Randy Koonsman very quickly shot that down, who was the big brain behind all of this. He also wrote... The Men Who Built America and oh, sure. several other shows and The World Wars. And he's three-time Emmy nominated, and I'm sure he's putting this up for an Emmy nomination. I, it deserves to win because it is just a wonderful, wonderful show. But he goes, nah, that's not how we do things, bud. Uh, no fake mustaches, no fake oh, beards, wow. no fake hair. So it We're was going authenticity. Whole hog. Right. Absolutely. Which has been a theme on this podcast a little bit is talking about authenticity through performance and, mm -hmm. and on screen. That's interesting. So this is great. So you come out the other side, right? And it airs and... Uh, it airs. And I got a lot of pluses and a lot of votes of confidence there for It looked me. great. Thank I mean, you. Like the Thank production value and you're in there and those scenes. Really cool. And this was up on Sunday nights, if I recall correctly. This was up on Sunday nights, yes. Yeah. Uh, multiple Sunday nights. Six, in fact. Yeah, six which is episodes. a strong window for CNN because they had Bourdain and uh, United Shades of America. So sorry about Bell. that. By the way, yeah, I was a huge I, fan of his. Huge, I, huge fan. Yeah, I mean, we just did a special edition podcast talking about our reflections of of Tony Bourdain, and and just horrible to horrible to have him gone. Horrible to hear that he took his own life. Yes. Yeah, awful. And of course, as, as awful someone who also suffers from depression, I, I very strongly identify with a lot of that struggle. So, you know, do you feel that's part of your? work. I mean, obviously that's a theme Absolutely. with actors a lot of times. You know? Absolutely. And oftentimes, you know, it's the, the smiling clown and the, the, the folks who your Robin Williams is, your Anthony Bourdain's who yeah. are, you know, on at the top of the thing or on top of the world. 
but they have their inner demons. And I've struggled on my own, but, you know, I think I'm in a very good place. Uh, do a lot of Tai Chi. I do, uh, you know, I work on myself, on my particular personal inventory. And I think it behooves a person who has things like that, whether it's anxiety or depression or other things, to to take those extra added self-care steps, yeah. if you can. I mean, some people can't. Some people are just not in that place mentally, spiritually, what have you. But if you can, do. And I highly advocate that. And you mentioned Tai Chi. We mm -hmm. have a mutual friend, yes. uh, Harry Legg, Absolutely. who is incredibly gifted oh. and involved in Tai Chi, along with other talents. Harry, actually, I think, is going to join us for a podcast Fantastic. in, you, in the he, coming weeks. And yes, and you introduced me to him, and thank you again for that. He's now become a very, very close friend. He's a world-class voiceover talent, right. so he is the voice of NBC Sports and so many other things. So. And a lovely guy, yes. and Tai Chi. I don't know if I should call him master. I don't know the uh, proper I, terminology. I, I think Sifu is the name, uh, which basically means teacher, but I'm not sure if he would like me calling him that, but I am his most senior student so yeah and, and he I, studies with some very serious teachers. oh yeah and and very frequently as well so yeah. he puts a lot of time and effort into that but well, I'm, I'm looking forward but enough to about it. harry well no. i know but it, it's, it's funny because these all these circles will come you know he'll be talking about you when he's here so yeah. hi harry <laughs> and he would do hello alex <laughs> yes i can't even do it he's good got a much harry. deeper yeah. and more uh you know theatrical voice than i do but yes um, <laughs> I try my best. That's a, well, we can only just try. Exactly. None of us are hairy leg. Please join us next week for part two of my conversation with actor, writer, producer, Alex Aldea. Today's podcast is brought to you by JLC Accounting, bookkeeping, accounting, tax preparation, and advisory. For more information, visit jlc-accounting.com. That's jlc-accounting.com. This has been a production of East Main Media, hosted by Brian Brodeur. Special thanks to associate producer Morgan Taylor, audio engineer J.P. Conk, senior producer Kayla Galka. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure to subscribe and leave us a good rating. For more information, visit eastmainmedia.com. And thank you for listening. <laughs>